Depression, anxiety, and autoimmune symptoms after birth is not how it's supposed to be. There is a much better way, and I'm here to show you how to do just that. Hey, my friend, I'm Miranda Bauer, a mother to four kids and a biology student turned scientist obsessed with changing the world through postpartum care. Join us as we talk to mothers and the providers who serve them and getting evidence-based information that actually supports the mind, body, and soul in the years after birth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Postpartum University podcast. And I have an incredible guest here. Actually, she showed up in my inbox and I was checking out her information, her book, all of the things. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have her on the podcast. I rearranged my entire schedule so that she could be here. This is Gina Mundy. She is an attorney that specializes in childbirth cases. And for over two decades now, she has analyzed the mistakes that are being made during labor and delivery. And she is authored this book called A Parent's Guide to a Safer Childbirth, which is really about helping parents prevent these mistakes and have a healthy baby, healthy birth. And rather than merely getting involved with the unfortunate mistakes that are being made, Gina has taken a proactive approach to getting involved before the childbirth begins. And I am just thrilled to have you here, Gina. Welcome to the show. Oh, Miranda, thank you for having me. I'm so excited for today's conversation. How in the world did you get into this field? I want to hear this story. (laughs) You know what? I wish I had an exciting story for you. Literally my first job out of law school. So what I do, like nobody really understands this profession unless you know somebody in it. Uh, And they definitely don't teach you about this in law school, high school, college. I mean, I've wanted to be an attorney since, you know, like third grade. Okay. And I've never heard of an attorney specializing in childbirth until I got my first job. So basically as, um, I'll tell your audience what a childbirth case is. Um, basically these are cases, lawsuits, um, and they involve the birth of a baby when something goes wrong, whether it's a mistake, it's a complication, but baby is not born healthy. And, um, I've had cases where babies, you know, have passed during childbirth and then some very sad cases where moms have passed during childbirth. So then as the attorney on the case, I come in and I'm like, okay, what happened? What went wrong? More importantly, you know, what, what really should have been done? So a healthy baby, you know, could have been born. So anyway, so that's like the little, I always throw that little background in because some people are childbirth cases. Um, so I got my first job February 2003, where I got my first baby case. And that's where I realized I'm like, wait a minute, things go wrong during childbirth. Not only that, I was hired into a team of people. There were over 20 of us. And all we did like, was work on these cases involving the birth of a baby. And remember, attorneys are involved, so there is some type of loss. Um, so, you know, it's very sad. So I had just gotten married. It was, uh, you know, having a baby was on my radar and I was just almost like, just shocked, like, like new, brand new information, you know, and even to this day, even after writing a book, you know, people are still like, what exactly do you do? You know, most people don't even understand that my profession exists. So, you know, when I was hired in with, you know, 20 other attorneys, I'm just like, okay, this, this is a problem. So, um, 
So anyway, I just got my first case. God became obsessed and just, you know, I just was like, oh my goodness. And that's really it. It was more like stumbling on the job after, right after law school and just never looked back. This is incredible. And and my objective here and having you on the show, and I know this is yours as well. You mentioned this uh, before, but it's not to scare anyone, right? We need to bring awareness to a problem, however, that exists. And I know as I was a doula for many years, I have four children. I was uh, a, a doula before postpartum university came and I had witnessed some really horrific things. And we call it secondary trauma. And I know, I don't know a doula or a childbirth provider or a nurse that does not have some form of secondary trauma because of what they have witnessed in, in the hospital setting. And, yeah. and of course there's, there's other settings too, but majority, um, I would say 95% of them are taking place in that hospital setting. I'm, I'm talking about, um, you know, witnessing, the screaming of your your baby's going to die if you don't hand them over. Uh, and of course, baby's not, they're fine. It's just a control um, to mom being strapped down on the bed um, and doctors jumping on top of her, you know, the yelling, the screaming, the, the awfulness that has happened. And again, I'm not trying to scare anybody, especially if you're, you're pregnant, but to understand that these things do exist and they're happening and we're not talking about it. And I would love to hear your opinion about what you're seeing because you've been doing this for so long. What, what is happening and why are these things happening? So I have a chapter in my book, which, oh, which actually I want to put this out there real quick. I did have six pregnant beta readers go through my book before it was published. And my main question is, is this too scary for you while you're, you know, you're pregnant or expecting a baby? And my, they were all different ages and, um, and whatnot and, you know, different backgrounds. And all of them said, you know, no, this book is not scary. They felt very prepared. Um, they've all gone on now to have healthy babies. They were very grateful, um, for the book. So we were very careful. I was very careful to, you know, make it as more of a, make sure this doesn't happen to you more preventative than, you know, scary. Basically, this is what you need to know to have a safe childbirth. So basically in this book, I do have um, chapter 11. And this is such an important chapter that you're not going to find in any other pregnancy book. Actually, a couple podcasts now have asked me, like, why is this information just surfacing um, about uh, childbirth? But it is the 10 most common facts and issues in a legal baby case. Because what I have found is that there are reoccurring issues. Um, but number one, the most common fact and issue in a legal baby case, the ones I see um, and I have seen since February 2003, is the drug Pitocin. Pitocin is in the majority of baby cases. So it's very important that if you are you know, Pitocin is part of, you know, your childbirth, you know, your decision um, during childbirth that, you know, there are certain things you need to know. So then I authored a chapter basically on how to have a safe Pitocin inductions based upon what I've seen gone, you know, gone, basically gone wrong over the last 20 something years. So, and just, I'm sure your audience knows this, but Pitocin is a drug that's used to induce mom's labor and make her uterus contract. So, but just in case, I'm going to throw that out there. 
Um, but Pitocin is huge and it's like almost a cascade effect, right? So they start Pitocin and then it's, you know, very painful for mom. And then it's the epidural and then, you know, maybe it's another intervention or maybe the Pitocin is affecting baby. So there's other interventions, but it's almost like this cascade effect. And I feel like it's, you know, and especially in the baby cases, it typically ends then with, you know, maybe like an operative vaginal delivery. Cause now it's like, okay, baby's in trouble. We got to get baby out, you know, what, whatever reason, um, or, you know, a C-section, but I would say in my childbirth cases, that is your, that's a very common case, hmm. like in and, general. And I don't feel like that's really surprising or shocking in the least bit. We know that induction rates are on the rise and they're, they're going up and there's some significant um, risk factors that are associated with Pitocin and Pitocin in particular, its effects on postpartum uh, and its increase in postpartum depression. If you've got, if you've had Pitocin in your labor and birth, you have a very high chance of getting uh, a postpartum depression because of the Pitocin. Um, it's, it's very, very interesting. And we're not talking about this often enough, uh, which is which is really unf- unfortunate. And I'm I'm so glad that you're bringing this into the space and having this conversation. Um, I, and I want to clarify too with you, it, you mentioned, you know, if you're getting involved, then there's some sort of loss. Is right. there, what does that necessarily mean? How so does one go, how yeah, get your order, services? Yeah, so in order to have a, a childbirth case, that's like a lawsuit. I mean, you have to have some type of law. So you, it's like, unfortunately, it's usually one of three things. In the cases, the baby has a permanent injury to their brain, uh, or they could even be um, like a shoulder, you know, dystocia where there's brachial plexus nerves affected. Um, so that'd be more of an injury law type loss and babies passing away during childbirth. So that's, you know, that's very, that's very difficult. Um, and then moms that typically pass away, you know, during childbirth, like those are the endings in my cases. That's so really that's significant. What, I mean what, what about the cases? I mean, do, could they exist? And I mean, this is just like conversation here of like what happens when there's some significant trauma involved or where a mom had to be strapped down or that she was literally forced to do something that she was screaming no at or like what happens in those in those scenarios in those cases they don't they don't count or they something else happens like right so i've never had so my cases are um again involve a loss i've never had cases where it's just like an emotional like type impact now not saying those don't exist that's just not what i do i do more of um like a physical you know injury loss of life um but yeah i mean that would be obviously very traumatic if a doctor was holding you know a patient down and then you know, it depends on the, obviously the circumstances or whatever, but um, yeah, there might be other attorneys who take those cases, but then I'm just um, the, again, the, I don't, I've never had a case like that, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. It's just more of like, I just, that's not what I do. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely exist. It's called birth rape. Um, And and we've talked about it before and uh, it is, is a growing issue. 
but it's it's just interesting to see like the different the places and where you could go for support for things like that. And and I want to shift the conversation because this has been really hard, right? Like we're mm-hmm. some of these these terms like birth rape is not a, an easy term to digest. How can people have a safer childbirth experience? So preparing for childbirth is like the number one thing that you can do and understanding that, you know, as a mom, you're the decision maker. So it's really important to understand that when your delivery team, they're like advising you or whatnot, they're making recommendations. They're not supposed to tell you what you can and cannot do. That's not how it's supposed to work. So you have to know this going in and be like, no, you can't start Pitocin. No, you can't do a C-section. No, you can't drop, you know, whatever. You are the decision maker. The doctor should be just giving you recommendations, just even knowing that and then holding your ground. But also, um, so chapter one of my book goes over the lessons that are learned from the baby cases and that whether it's from the families, the delivery teams, medical experts, whatever it is, like these are your lessons. And I think going and, you know, I learning from something, you know, that's happened or gone wrong, I think is just huge. So lesson one would be your learning about labor and delivery. So basically chapter one are all the lessons from the baby cases. And then each lesson is then a subsequent chapter. So number one, learning about labor and delivery. So then the next chapter is chapter two. And um, that gives the facts that I believe or your child, your childbirth basics that I believe are important to know so you can make good decisions um, and whatnot. And some of those are like, that's really hard sometimes. And I think I want to put that out there when you are in a place where you are very vulnerable and you are in the middle of childbirth, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing these things of like, if you're, if your provider is saying, Hey, you need a cesarean and we're, this is what we're going to do, or you're going to need Pitocin. And this is what we're going to do. You're not, you're not progressing. You're not moving, whatever. If you don't have that solid knowledge of like, what does that mean? What are my alternatives? When, what situations actually do require medical intervention and all of those things? It, you're in a position that is so vulnerable where you're just willing to say yes to a lot of things, even when you feel like maybe, oh, nah, I'm, I, I would easily say no to that, right? Like just having this conversation, but the moment that you go in and you're in that space, so challenging sometimes. So I think what you, to to what you're saying, like really preparing for that, knowing, taking those childbirth education classes, I might add that are not a part of the hospital setting so that you can get a full idea and a full picture of what's going on and really preparing and knowing who your team is and your support people, I think are like some of the foundational pieces um, and I and I'm sure you talk about that in your book as well. Oh, you're you're awesome. You were right on it. So basically, right, I say lesson one, you know, learning, because if you don't, it leaves you in a very vulnerable state of mind. Because the families, when they come in, are just, you know, they let me put it this way, they know a lot more in the aftermath of something going wrong. 
So the vulnerability part is just huge. But then literally the next lesson is you have to understand your delivery team. You have to understand that many times these are the people that are scheduled to work that day. And what if you don't like somebody? And what if someone's rubbing you the wrong way? Listen, in my cases, the delivery team is responsible for bringing your baby safely, you know, into the world. And in the cases, it's their care that is at issue and analyzed more than any other aspect of the case. So your delivery team is beyond important. I go through exactly who's on it and what you need to know. But then next, you have to have also, you know, a good provider. Um, you know, doctors have different ways of handling things, different recommendations. So in my cases, something goes wrong. Um, usually the OBGYN is captain of the ship. So it's their care too that, you know, is at issue. I will hire two experts, two doctors of the same profession, OBGYNs, to review the care that mom received. One doctor will tell me everything was done perfectly. And the other doctor will tell me everything was done wrong. Okay. One thing I've learned in childbirth, doctors do not agree on things. And so it's really important that you do pick a good doctor. So, you know, that's one of the lessons. So then I have a whole chapter. Listen, I've analyzed these doctors for over 20 years. I, so if it's a good doctor, good doctors, juries like good doctors. So this whole doctor analysis that I've done and different things, again, all in chapter, um, you know, four. So there are, there's just so many different like little things that if you know going in, that will help you make those good decisions. Because in these cases that I see, families are literally one decision or minutes from a healthy baby. So preparing and understanding childbirth helps you make those good decisions because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wholly agree with that. And you know, I, I want to stress the importance too of like understanding that there's more options for most people than a hospital setting. You know, yes. it's not for everybody. Right. And obviously there's some scenarios where a hospital setting is 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 where you want to give birth if you're high risk. Uh, however, there are so many different avenues that you can explore. Um, and what what are some things that providers and caretakers and advocates could do? How how can we play a role in this? Do you mean like even like as a doula, for instance? Sure. Or or an OB, right? Or somebody who's um, a partner to, to mom or somebody who's a, a, an advocate for postpartum care or pregnancy or childbirth, a lactation consultant, for example, or chiropractor. Like what right. can we do? Because I have, what, you know, what you're experiencing your... and what you're here because things are blowing up. Like we are seeing the rise of childbirth uh, cases. We are seeing the rise of intervention and its effects are not pretty. So chapter seven, I go over having a baby advocate because listen, mom is, you know, focusing on, you know, mentally, physically delivering baby. So, you know, having the partner as a baby advocate, having a doula is a great idea. I love, listen, doulas, I don't know, well, I do now, um, but doulas are not in my childbirth cases. So they are definitely 
helping, um, you know, families have a safer childbirth because it, it almost, it hit me when I was right after I published the book, I'm like, you know, everyone could ask me about doulas and then I'm meeting these doulas. I'm like, you guys are amazing. And then I'm like, wait a minute, they're not in my cases. So I asked some fellow baby lawyers and I'm like, do you guys have doulas? Have you ever had a doula in your case? And they're like, no, no, we don't have doulas. So I know having a doula is a great idea, um, you know, to help you have a safer childbirth, but also in the baby advocate section, listen, your partner is a great baby advocate. Grandma's I love grandmas. They're like, you know, they've they've been there, done that. And a lot of them are just on a mission to make sure, you know, they have healthy grandkids. So they're great baby advocates. So I have a section on, you know, basically how to be a good, you know, baby advocate. Um, And again, even if you just want your family and friends there, you know, at your childbirth, just give them a job. You can go to the end of that chapter, chapter seven, it tells you the five things literally that a good baby advocate you know, I would say in a hospital setting, um, how, you know, how they could be a great advocate for you. Um, again, because if you have some, if you can look at your partner and be like, not a fan of my nurse and give him the nod, you know, he should be on it. He should know that he needs to go get a new nurse. If he's read my book, he's going to know exactly how to do that. But there's a comfort level then that you have some, you have somebody there that you can nod at. So it's less stress. Your body can relax. It's going to be easier to deliver baby. Um, so yeah, no, having the baby advocate, um, that person to kind of watch over you and you have to remember, um, you know, delivery teams get really busy because in a hospital setting, babies come when they want to come. So they can go from, you know, not that busy to almost like overwhelmed, which means the delivery teams are not at your bedside. They're running around like crazy, trying to help all the patients. So having that extra set of eyes on you and baby is absolutely huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Where can people find your book? Amazon is the best. So if you just type in Gina Mundy, um, my, uh, I have a website, ginamundy.com. So G I N A M U N D Y.com. And my book is on there. I also have a childbirth um, blog that, you know, I'm supplementing if I'm like, Oh, that should have been included in the book. Or I also, this book is solely childbirth. I'm doing a pregnancy book too. I've actually the pregnancy book's pretty much written, but just trying to get it out is very difficult <laughs> being busy with, you know, getting, you know, this book out. So I'm taking some of that pregnancy content and just getting it up on the childbirth blog, just so it's out there, you know, for people until the book can get out. But, you know, I just really, you know, want to start, you know, doing whatever I can to make sure, you know, families have healthy babies. So, um, yeah, that's anything that goes up on my website's always with, all right, maybe, you know, here's what I'm thinking, or this is this, or, you know, whatnot. I love that you're really helping and that preparation for childbirth and that preventative measure, which is so, so key. So thank you so much for all of the work that you are doing and and everything that you have shared with us here. And of course, we're going to have all of those links within the show notes as well. Thank you, Gina. It's been a wonderful experience with you. Oh, thank you, Miranda, for having me. I appreciate it. After wrapping up this episode, I really wanted to come back and talk about some of the conversation that we had here. I feel like it's so important to recognize 
the discussions around childbirth can be really challenging and evoke some very powerful emotions. And Gina had brought forth some valuable insights, but we acknowledge that there is even more complexities and sensitivities to this topic, such as birth trauma and the emotional experiences that can profoundly impact mothers and support teams and individuals within. As much as we want childbirth to be a serene and joyous experience, we also recognize that many individuals are faced with difficult, traumatic experiences. And if you are that person, know that you are absolutely not alone. In fact, approximately 30% of births in the United States alone are labeled as traumatic, where a mother views her birth as a traumatic experience. And so I want to emphasize that there are resources and compassionate individuals who are ready and willing to support you through that. And support is absolutely necessary. If you or someone you know has been affected by a difficult birth, I highly encourage you to reach out. There are people who understand, and I'd love to connect you in with those people, provide a listening ear, guidance, reassurance to help you navigate that complexity, those emotions that can really arise and affect your whole well-being. And also crucial to recognize that it's not only the birthing mother who may need support, providers, doulas, partners, husbands, the entire support team can experience secondary trauma from witnessing or being a part of a challenging birth experience. So to all of those who are in this this supporting role, we want you to know too that you also deserve care and support. So please don't hesitate to reach out. There's networks, professionals, and organizations who are dedicated to providing assistance and understanding. And I know this conversation is challenging, but it's vital. And we are here for you. So remember, your well-being matters, and there are people ready to support you on your journey. Thank you for joining us in this very important conversation. We'll chat soon. I am so grateful you turned into the Postpartum University podcast. We've hoped you enjoyed this episode enough to leave us a quick review. And more importantly, I hope more than ever that you take what you've learned here, applied it to your own life and consider joining us in the Postpartum University membership. It's a private space where mothers and providers learn the real truth and the real tools needed to heal in the years postpartum. You can learn more at www.postpartumu, that's the letter U, dot com. We'll see you next week.